Hello everyone and welcome to a brand new episode of the Rouge Rugby Podcast. I'm Shu Hardy and it has been a very, very cold day in Toronto here. We've had, what was it, 50 centimeters of snow that's uh, averaged to have come through across uh, southern Ontario. And uh, also left out in the cold is uh, Mr. Derek Brissett. Derek, how have you been? Oh, it's funny. It's, yeah. uh, it's funny that you say almost left out in the cold because I think I, I just finally got back in from the cold. Um, my, my day today is actually was actually kind of wild. I uh, woke up and um, for some reason was like, I should try to go to work still. Um, be a good employee, I guess. Uh, got out, shoveled my car. I live um, where I kind of live. There's like four, I guess, like all the streets that kind of lead into where like my neighborhood is are all hills. And um, all like the hills that I would normally, the one street that I would take to go to work as I'm driving in the snow um, at like 630 in the morning. And I just got to the top of the hill and I looked down and there's like six sets of lights that I see. And I'm just like, none of those lights are moving. And it's all just, and I'm like every single, there's like six cars stuck at the bottom of the hill. So I ended up like backing up, taking like this long convoluted route to get to work just so I could avoid some hills. Cause I was like, I didn't feel like getting my car stuck in there. Usually takes me 15 minutes to get to work. I think I got there in about an hour 10 or so. Um, so that, that just to like give you a little bit of an indicator there. Um, Ended up being late. I was one of like, I think we got like 45 guys or something like that on our shift. I think there was only like like nine or 10 there. Um, and then uh, we just got told to go home after like three hours anyway. So I was like, so then I drove all the way back. By the time I got back home, my driveway had like, as you said, Stu, like all 50 centimeters of snow was just piled up on the driveway. So I spent three hours. So I spent uh, three hours shoveling the driveway and then um kind of de-thawed and now i'm recording this podcast and for our friends south of the border that's about 20 inches of snow that has fallen over overnight essentially it's uh it's yeah, been pretty it's, chilly it's been it's been up to my knees essentially yeah it is it's fun um there's some like i've seen like some kids in our neighborhood are like jumping in like snow banks and are literally like being completely covered um, there's something doing the uh, Canadian soccer celebration. Yeah. So, well, that's not the, well, I mean, yeah, that, that Canadian soccer player though has done that plenty of times in his life too, I'm sure. But, uh, yeah, I thought I saw somewhere today that it's like, it's one of the biggest ones in like the last like 10 years, just for like overnight snowfall. So, um, you know, I saw, I saw a couple Instagram posts from some of the new arrows kind of experiencing it for the first time, which is always fun too. So, um, it's, uh, it's been quite the quite the day today. Lots of, yeah, lots of snow or whatever. Maybe maybe next time I might not, I might not be as determined to actually find my way to work. So, but I'm still here for this podcast, though. Don't have to go outside for this. That is the most important thing you could have done today, right? Speaking of like arrows players, well, I think we should start with talking about the arrows. We got a bit of uh, bad news to begin with. Is that the preseason game? between um, the Arrows and the UC, UBC OB Ravens, so that's the old boys team, has unfortunately had to be cancelled because of the um, COVID situation that's still ongoing. Remember, everyone, to wear masks while you're outdoors, keep washing your hands, keep uh, socially distanced where possible. Yeah. Um, however, that said, the game against DC is set to go ahead uh, this coming weekend, so they will be a preseason game 
at least for the Arrows. They are also hoping that they can play the Ravens next year as well in their preseason 2023. And unfortunately, uh, the bad news doesn't end for the Ravens because their fixture against Seattle Seawolves has unfortunately had to be cancelled. And Seattle will now be playing Seattle. And that's not an inter-team uh, game. That'll be the Seattle Seawolves versus Seattle um, Saracens or uh, Seattle RFC. I think it's just the Seattle Rugby Club. Sorry. Um, either way, if you go along in blue and green, you're going to be supporting the right team. <laughs> so I guarantee... You know what? If we if we were to actually do the prediction game for this, I, at least one of us would pick Seattle and one of us would be right. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, there's been um, a bit of nerves, especially amongst the uh, Toronto fans now, saying because uh, this feels a lot like uh, last year with um, COVID restrictions and border restrictions. However, Bill Webb has taken the social media to alleviate those concerns saying that the Arrows intend to only play in Canada for the 2022 season, because, of course, their first fixture, that's a home game, will be played at Starlight Stadium in BC. And today they've uh, released tickets for that match against LA in BC. So for as little as $20, you can go along and watch the... Um, hopefully watch the Arrows smash LA <laughs> and... Uh, the arrow, yeah, you show, can go for Show DTH months. Van der Merwe what he's missed. Show uh, Ben Lassage, we don't need him anymore. We're fine. We're fine. <laughs> um, there you go. But yeah. anyway, we're hoping that a good game. Obviously, um, I say twenty bucks. It starts as is that if you exclude like the airline flight from uh, Toronto to uh, Vancouver and then the ferry trip for Vancouver to the island, then you know maybe a little bit more, but. Obviously, if you live on Vancouver Island, it's certainly much easier to get to that game as well. And the Arrows will be back in Toronto over 1,000 days after they last played in Toronto in April of this year, which will be something good to see. Um, mm -hmm. But in the meantime, watching those Arrows games for the 2022 season will continue to go through TSN. That partnership has been renewed uh, for this coming season. so. We may be in the same situation of we'll only find out which TSN channel those games will be on the week leading up to it, maybe like 48 hours before. But all those games are at least shown on the TSN app or tsn.ca. So there will be access for fans to watch, especially when the Arrows are playing outside of Canada. Um, and another partnership that has been extended is with their gaming partner Quebec Canada that has been extended for this season but something that came from that which is a bit bigger news is that Quebec has now become the title partner replacing Honda Canada on the front of their jerseys and so it's not just jerseys there'll be um, training wear as well and other things and speaking of new jerseys on the Friday, just gone. I was going to say, yeah, now, now that we got the uh, the housekeeping news out of the way, we can get to, Let's the, get to uh, the big story. Let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Yeah, because, Kit, ladies and guys. gentlemen, it's, it's Kitmas. You know, a, a good three weeks after Christmas. Perfect timing. Um, but yes, we finally have the 2022 kit for Major League Rugby. And, you know, I, I was been... excited. I was excited. It was a good day on Friday. 
It was a good, and it was good because it came from very little build-up as well. They were just told that, oh, you know, Paladin will remain as the uh, league's kit supplier on Thursday, and then every team was like, oh, we've got a little bit of news to show you on uh, Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time, and then we're like, okay, if you're all doing it at its same time, it's got to be something big, and sure enough, it was the kit announcement for 2022. Now, let's get down to it. What do you make, Derek, of the Arrows Home and Away kit for 2022? I absolutely loved uh, the Arrows kit for 2022. Um, I personally, like, I think my first reaction on seeing them, um, one for the Away kit was I love that over the years, the Arrows have been incorporating more of that Ontario Arrow gold into the kit. Um, we got a little bit of it last year, and um, we got a little bit of it last year because the numbers on the away kit were gold. The one with the the chevron arrows up hoops pattern that's on the kit, um, which one I absolutely love because the arrows are really the only team that could ever pull this off. It's like such a unique jersey design just for the Toronto arrows. It's brilliant. Um, but I do love that they added some of the that Ontario arrows gold to the you know, the chevrons as well, as well as kind of highlighting it a little bit on the collar. Um, the gold is there on the home kit as well. Um, but it's just kind of on the collar and there's a little bit of, it's just on the collar and there's a little bit of piping on the side. Um, the, I, I, I guess before kind of getting into, I guess, design specifics here, um, I love that for like the Toronto arrows, it doesn't so much seem as like, their designs to me over the years haven't necessarily seemed felt like new kits, but more like evolutions of the kit. Okay. Um, yeah, and I, I get that. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it seems to like, I don't know. To me, it seems to slowly get better every single year. Um, the only knock that I think you I initially had on the, uh, the, the kit was that there's no, the traditional callers are gone, which is something that I've mentioned that I, really love but then i saw brock smith kind of tweeted that the players apparently do not feel the same way about the callers as i do and uh considering they're the ones that actually have to play in these kits um i'm cool with the the callers not being on if uh, the players didn't like them very much um so either way back to the design of the jersey the home kit i think is my favorite blue kit the arrows have ever had um, and even that that even goes because it's like it even helps. It's like when I saw like the computer image um, that the league released, um, I thought it was great. But then actually seeing it on Sam Malcolm later in the day, um, you know, from those images released by the Toronto Arrows, I think like it looks amazing. I love the uh, the two different shades of blue kind of on the half of the jersey, you know, the right half, the left half um, yeah. the chevrons kind of going up. Um, you know, the Chevron's kind of going up as well. Um, and you know, like, you know, it just, it just works, man. And the, uh, the arrows, it's, it's gorgeous. The arrows logo sits there perfectly. Um, there, I, there seem to be a lot of people making a weirdly, a big deal out of the size of the cool bet logo. Um, yeah, and like, I don't, well. I didn't understand it at all personally, also, because like uh, the the video, the image of Sam Malcolm, like it's not as big as it looks on here. But it's like I even saw like jokes and stuff about like, you know, the, uh, are they going to change the name to like the Bears and stuff? And I'm like, do people not understand what a sponsor logo is? Like, I didn't get that that kind of criticism of the kid at all. 
Um, it's not like we're gonna. It's not like we're gonna talk about um, Atlanta changing their name to the rugby, you know, the rugby APL like ATL Orthopedics or something because there's yeah. a big orthopedic logo on there. Kit. No, no, I, it's I think logo. it's just you know preseason jokes and they need to occupy the time somehow. Yeah. So and at least our sponsor's cool, but it's like yeah, so it's you know, so it's like I, I love the I love it. I love the the cool bet kind of. Coolbet has a very, very colorful logo. Um, for anybody that doesn't know, it is a yeah. very colorful logo. And I think aesthetically too, I'm very I'm happy that they went with a white logo, blends in with the jersey a lot nicer. Um, so that's so good on good on cool bet for being willing to do that because their logo is it like it's um like it's incredible. It's a good logo. Colorful. It's a good logo. It's I mean, if, if anyone has the colorful. kit from last year, they'll yeah. know what the color logo looks like. Yeah, yeah. It's a very colorful logo. I think it, this works a lot better. It integrates to the kit a lot more. Um, yeah, like so. Yeah, the, the home kit. Absolutely love. Absolutely love everything about it. Um, it's amazing. The the away kit very similar to last year. The hoops, the chevrons are a bit thicker. There's only two of them or two rows of them. Um, I love adding the gold accent to it. Um, honestly, like in a weird way, the socks are amazing. I don't know, like yes. the socks are glorious. It, for, they they have the best socks in the league, like easily yeah. in my opinion. They have the best socks in the league. Um, and you know, I know people like if you laugh at that and stuff, it's like, hey, when you're grading kits, like what we're kind of doing right now, we're judging kit. The shirt is a jersey. The kit is the full head to toe ensemble. Yeah, absolutely. You have Come to. On. The socks matter. Like the so the socks do matter. So the arrow's got the best socks in the league. So that's a big plus. Um, and yeah, like this. Uh, you do it. I don't know. I love it. I, I love it. I think. Um, I think the uh, the blue kit is the best blue kit the arrows have had. Um, seeing it on Sam Malcolm only kind of reaffirmed that to me and. I'm excited to see them wear it. I don't know what I kind of, I kind of rambled on with a little bit of the description of the kit, but also I'm rambling on because I'm excited about stuff. And when I get excited about things, I kind of ramble sometimes, but uh, what was your thoughts on the, uh, the arrows kit here? I think it looks fantastic. And, you know, I'm already saving up to get the, uh, yeah. I, I think if I had to pick one, I'd probably go with like the awake kit mainly because I didn't get the Chevron kit from last season, so... Yeah. You know, that was actually kind of the thing that I thought, too, looking at the jersey, was, like, I don't have an Arrows jersey. Uh, I don't have any MLR jersey. And it was, like, I kind of looked... Like, I haven't bought one yet, and I kind of looked at the home kit here, and I was, like, I think I need that one. So I think I'll probably... I was, like, I think I need... I need to... I need to maybe part ways with some change here for uh yeah for that home no, kit. I get that. anyways continue there Stu. no i think it's a great kit um the only kit i have is the um arrows uh 2020 home kit because i'm exceptional when it comes to picking kits that still be used well, you, the for the entire season. you know what okay were you about to sorry were you about to say that it's like you're exceptional at picking it because they barely wore that i'm exceptional at picking it because they wore it for a five game season and they didn't even wear it for all those games. Dude, okay. So that's kind of been like, that's the thing though, is I think it's kind of an interesting thing. 
to be perfectly honest with you, I kind of go back and forth sometimes on if I like the idea of having brand new jerseys, brand new kits every every year, whatever. I think there's a little bit of like that's kind of why like I, I tend to I tend to like the teams like Toronto, like New England, even like like uh like say old glory too, um, that kind of stick to a similar kind of look year after year, even if they evolve it slightly, or in old glory's case, keep it the exact same. Um but I think the one really interesting thing that happened with 2020 is like, I don't know, like as if, if like sports memorabilia is a big deal, right. And a lot of places like you can, you know, like, and game worn and memorabilia and stuff is a, is a big deal. And a lot of like, you know, obviously like hockey cards, baseball cards, yeah, yeah. you know, things like that, that whole collecting thing. It's like, there's a lot of money to be made in there. And it's in all honesty, there's, I think, there's something kind of cool if anybody has those 2020 jerseys like yourself um, that I'm kind of like those. You have a jersey that was worn like twice tops. Yeah. Or right? two, three times, maybe at most or whatever. Like and a lot of those teams, too, because it was even like um, like war kits. And it's like you never saw them again. Yeah, like, like you know what I mean. Like the you got the uh, like the original Gilgrony kits that we never saw again. Um, oh, like the Austin Elite kits. That no, because they were no, they were the Gil, they were the Gilgronies in 2020. They were the Gilgronies. Yeah. yeah, so that's the thing, right? You got the so that year even better. You have the Austin Herd kits that never saw the light of day. Yeah, um, that I'm sure are somewhere. Um, I would love an Austin Herd kit if it if somebody has access to one. Just to be like, I just yeah. want this kit that was never, never actually used ever. Um, but you have the original ones too that had the football numbers on it. Um, yes, that that would be there. Um, you would have the um, the Rooney baseball jerseys that yes. o- only got worn for a couple games there. Uh, I'm just trying to think of like if there was anything else that was crazy unique. But even that, like you have like. The first year free jacks jerseys that only stuck around. The first year. Oh, I've, um, I've got one. Um, the the Colorado Raptors jersey. The Colorado Raptor jersey. Yeah, exactly, yeah, that's only short. And then you would also have um the old glory jersey, the original old glory jersey before they put the flag on. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. So it's like if I I know honestly if um I know like you're saying that, but it's like if anybody has those 2020 jerseys, like I actually. You're saying that it, you're saying that it's like you did a poor job of picking which year you bought because you have the 2021. And I'm like, that's the coolest one to have because it's like it's the one that's it's the ones that never because they do have new kits every year. So it's like, you know, they wore those and then they ne- they wore those for like, I'm sure if you actually I don't know what the actual breakdown of how often each team wore their kit that season, but I'm sure like it can't be for each team, like it can't be more than like three or four times that they wore one kit. Right. So it's, yeah. I, I personally would think that's, that that is a cool thing to have if you own it, especially if you're an Austin fan that owns a herd Jersey, that would be cool. Just, yeah, it's cool to just be like, yeah, this team that never existed. It's kind of fun. Cause even that was the year two where all the Austin Gilgrony players were still walking around with herd stuff. Cause they didn't have yeah. time or whatever to get. Yeah, well, it's not like they only became the Gilgronies. What? less than two weeks before the season began yeah something like everything that. was a bit uh hap dash and had to be done quickly yeah, it was it was really quick yeah yeah ultimately gotta say these arrows kits for 2022 um they look really great 
um, and the press release photos and the computer generated photos. But I'm just going to really love them when we get to see them being worn at home in 2020 mm-hmm. this season. Right. Well, we've talked a lot about the Arrows kit, but there's a few other teams that have their kits out as well. I'd say that there's uh, 12 other teams have their kits out now. And we know that a lot of, um, you know, rugby podcasts and rugby content creators are already doing their best and worst lists. Um, But we're just going to try and keep it as positive as possible. We're going to talk about our favorite kits. And we're also going to talk about our most improved kits as well. And if you want to bring up any other comments, by all means. But um, we're just going to try and keep it light, keep it enjoyable, keep it positive. Um, So Derek, with the exception of the Arrows kit, because we've already said that it's great. Top of the top. Full marks, A+. plus. But which other kits are you looking forward to seeing? Which one from either computer-generated imagery or the team's press releases have you looked at and think, I want to see that kit? Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's funny on social media how it's been. It's, it, it's kind of clear that the social media kit champions year after year are the New England Free Jacks. Um, and... I I think I mean I think they hit the mark again. As we said, it's like you put the collar on it. That's I love the the traditional collar. Um, it's been a staple of the New England Free Ajax kits throughout the uh, the existence of their franchise. Um, they're another team whose kits seem to kind of evolve more than change, right? Like they they I think they they're kind of as a as a brand they kind of really know who they are, right? And it's just. You get the uh, you get the traditional colliery. You get the blue and white hoop, the blue, white, and red hooping, and you know stripe patterns. And you know you that's how the jersey the kit kind of evolves. You can change the pattern of the stripes a little bit year after year, but it's like you know you're getting a traditional collar and you're getting a really cool like hoop pattern with um, the New England Free Jacks. Um, really, the thing too though, I think the for me what kind of puts the Free Jacks a little bit over the top too is like sometimes it's like you kind of put in the details a little bit. It's cool to see like the club Jersey, um, what they're calling their away kit. They're calling it the club Jersey, having like the names of all the, the rugby clubs in new England, um, the red member kit, um, which is another thing that I really like this year. It's cool to see teams, um, new England, New York, Dallas kind of teased it, even though they didn't um, announce it, but it's cool to see teams, announcing like third or even in new york's cases fourth jerseys too um but uh like i like the red one too the red one has like i think like season like ticket holder names uh or some sort to that they called it the member kit so it's like their fans um not sure what the actual designation for how the fans what for how whose fans names got on there um but it's like all three of those kits um look amazing um the other one I would shout out to would be um, New York, who is now no longer rugby, uh, no longer united. Um, I guess there was some infighting Damn or something. Shame. Yeah, exactly. No longer united. They dropped that name. Um, but it's now just simply rugby New York. But um, the the kits itself, um, I like the Statue of Liberty ones. The, the like, I like they're okay like they're pretty good um but i think like the real winner and is the heritage kit being 
Again, another one with the traditional collar, the old school kind of hoopings, the double blue. I really like their logo without the uh, roundel and rugby New York written around it. I think without the roundel, it looks it looks super clean on that kit. Um, and then that all black one with the uh, the black and white logo, and then like the, the like the uh, the the hoops that are made out of all the neighborhoods in New York is just so good. Um, it's weird because it's like they released the home and away kit, but then they released two kits that were better than the home and away kit. Even though I do like the home and away kit, but like that's uh, I think I think to, for me it, the the three bat I the three teams that stood out to me were the uh, the arrows, New England and New York. From this, anybody else you kind of want to shout out there, Stu, or you know uh, anybody else that's kind of jumped up into what you thought stood out. So, actually, one of the kits that really stood out to me was the NOLA Away kit, mm-hmm. yeah, which is, um, instead of being just white, mm-hmm. uh, white or gold, it's now gold and black, which I think is a spectacularly great color combination to have. Now, unfortunately, it's not the Mardi Gras kit, because if that if they had used that, they would automatically be um, yeah, top um, tier. That's probably America's rugby news seem to indicate that that might be coming back. So it absolutely is because they know it's a fan favorite. Yeah. I do have to say that the um, Nola is sponsored by Louisiana State Tourism, I believe, yeah. and that's a white logo. So obviously, having white against the black and against the gold, um, from what I've seen from the computer-generated image, looks really good as well obviously the nola logo against a black background as well really makes it stand out and especially when you compare it to the home kit which has the logo on white and i've noticed as well as that the harlequin design it's not solid gold it's like gold lines throughout the kit as well which yeah which you know i'm a bit on the fence about because part of me is like oh it's a computer generated image so yeah. maybe it doesn't look as good but well, that's what they wore last year though the pattern no well i don't know i think i'm one that i'm either like go all out which is what and make it artwork which is what new york have done or just make it a solid color like they've done with their awake it which is um something i like as well um As for New England, I think that's very, obviously, the colors. um, A lot of fans are very happy to see that return. I just wish that they had made them, like, full hoops instead of Hmm. stripes across the front and back. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I think think if you went with full hoops, though, the kits would probably look too similar. At least going... um like the way they did it there's it looks like a distinct blue white and red kit yeah so they've been able to do like three kits just by um stopping it as stripes and then using the fill color if you go all the way around the home kit it's yeah yeah, the home kit it's navy for the away kit it's white yeah so i don't know maybe they can change it up so that maybe like one season it'll be like two Mm-hmm. thick hoops and one thinner hoop and then you just change that color cord co- color order so it 
will then make that, you know, if blue is a thicker hoop, then it makes the kit look more blue. And then if you change that thicker hoop to red, and then it makes red. Anyway, that's something for New England design team to work on for next year. Um, so I've, I've been mainly talking about the Eastern kits. Let's have a look at the. I was going to say, yes, but hey, like, hey, man, you know what? The uh, East Coast, Beast Coast, right? They had the. Uh... Absolutely. Um, what, again, I'm going to talk about an away kit and it's going to be a mixture of black and another color. But I've got to say, Austin's away kit from the images that they've given looks fantastic. Yeah. Something I've noticed on the sleeve of both is that it's not just a straight color cut for the cuff it's actually like a jagged edge all the way around which i think is a very unique way to do it as well and it you know the um bottom of the jersey is like fading into like orange as well kind of looks like fire coming from like Uh the bottom of the kit which i think is really good to have um you know, Dallas, like DC, they're keeping the same kit that they originally were going to have for... Dallas 20... makes so much sense to do that, though. Yeah, Dal- yeah, of course. So for Dallas, it makes sense. Um, and I it's just mind it for DC, to be honest. I think that's a really cool kit. Ain't broke to be honest, I think it's... I think it's if all your cards line up, like all your sponsors remain the same, and, yeah. you know, people obviously like the jersey, so you can keep it. And it's just a case of, you know, if something were to come along and the new sponsor was like, oh, we want it like this then maybe they have some sway. Obviously, they're providing money. Um, uh, Houston's kit is, you know, just inverse. It's either yellow to black or black to yellow, whichever way you look at it. But, uh, you know, it's not not the worst kit. It's not the best either. I think it will work for the season. But, you know, obviously, Houston have, like, a big rebuild coming into this season. So... I usually love Houston's kits. Um, I think like even last year, I loved their kits last year. I thought they were, I thought they were like, to me last year, they were with like um, New England, Toronto. Like they were like top three kits in the league. I think this, I think these would look better if they just went with the one color on the home and the away. Or whatever. Like solid yellow and solid black. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if cutting it in half like they did it doesn't work for me if people like it then then awesome and i hope like i like what they did with the logo just using the saber cat head and got rid of the uh the word mark on it too i really like what they did with the logo i just i just i just don't know um one of your questions on the script though was the most improved kit and i did want to i was going to bring up the austin away kit for that too yeah because my definition of improved in this case was yeah. going to be an innovation that just objectively makes the jersey better. And yeah, Austin on their social media put out a picture of the back of the jersey, which the numbers thankfully are not black. Oh, like thank the, God. Yeah, like the previous, like the um the previous Austin kit being a white kit with white numbers and a white name is just, it was objectively like bad, like even watching, we'll talk about inside the scrum later. Um, the episode three of inside the scrum has a camera angle down by the sidelines at a line out. It's behind the hooker 
And the hooker takes two steps. He throws it and he takes two steps into the field of play. And you can't read the name on the back of his jersey anymore. Like if you weren't more than two feet away, like honestly, I have no idea how the commentary teams called those games. Like no, those guys are legends. The ability to do that. Um, because I, I I don't know. I would imagine they're just going off of the fact that they can recognize the players. Um, so like um yeah, like it it the, that kit was nuts. And I one, as you mentioned before, Stu, when you were talking about it, it looks great. The black, the orange looks amazing it works out really well the orange on black numbers is just my absolute favorite new addition to any kit in the league because i'm just looking forward to watching austin and knowing what number everybody is um yeah i like it's it's so much better um it's 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 like an objective like it's actual you know what like i mean i think we're talking like so we're, we're talking about about kits right which is i guess yeah like artistic Right. And it's like everything that we're saying is subjective. We love, we said we love the arrows jerseys. Perhaps there's people that don't like them. Perhaps there's people that don't like the free Jack jerseys. Um, I, we just kind of mentioned Houston's perhaps there's people that love Houston's think Houston has the best kit in the league. That's yeah. fair to everybody. I think, right. Like it's at the end of the day, all the kit designs are subjective. Austin's numbers being orange on black is objectively better than what they wore last year. Yeah. Right. Like you, you just... I think as well, it's like it's not just um Austin as well. We've seen like yeah. Nola have gold kits that reflect light all the time. And what's their numbers on their back? White. Yeah. So it's no exactly. Yeah, it's so... like if any anything to make that more especially for Austin too, because Austin does the other thing that I do love. Um I've we haven't they uh the picture they showed at the back of the kit didn't have names on the back but austin has traditionally been the the um the team with names on the back and i i do think names on the back could be a good tool for like marketing um especially since the player numbers unlike other sports player numbers in rugby aren't consistent they're consistent with the position that the player plays but as we all know guys may play more than one position um like throughout a season or even like you know come off the bench one game start the next game and you know players may wear like two maybe three different numbers throughout a season right so it's like i think like last names could help with like just new fans like identifying players so i do like that austin has worn the last names on the back and now i think like this addition but it's you also go and you look at that white jersey from last year and it's like it doesn't really matter if you can't read them so I, yeah, I like exactly. I like this change just for like practical reasons a lot. So Austin gets my nod for the most improved kit. Both that it looks it looks great as you mentioned. So, so does the home one. We haven't really talked about the home one. Home one looks good too. It's just inverse of the away kit that we've been talking about. Um, but I think the like you know Austin gets the bonus points because the kit looks nice and there's a, like a practical improvement to the jersey too that I think I'm more yeah. excited for. And speaking of names on jerseys, um, New England have um, announced that fans can get mm-hmm. jerseys with names on the back as well. And now thinking about it is that with Coolbet becoming the title sponsor means that the space they occupied on last year's kit on the back above the number has now been removed. Maybe we could have 
um, arrows with player names as well. Yeah, I mean, I I like it. Um, I personally am a fan of it. Um, I think, in all honesty, like the Premiership does it, and um, I think it works there well. Um, I think the Premiership still needs to figure out that you can put the names on the back of the bench guys too. Like it's, but um, like that kind of looks weird having half the players have names on the back and the other half don't. Um, but but I, I do I do like that. Overall, I think the the kits were good. Do you have any? other thoughts on anything that you kind of want to get out here get off your chest any any kit hot takes we said you wanted to be positive but you know well okay here's one um so seattle their colors are mainly blue and green and their kits have reflected that but this Mm -hmm. season coming their away kit is white with primarily blue trim around the collar and the shoulders as well as the sleeves as well and it looks pretty good actually and i know it's a very nice this is coming from me someone who's not a fan of uh teams having white kits because i want a bit more um color amongst the teams but i gotta say if they can get navy numbers on the back and the names are navy as well it really stand out and yeah. yeah, I'm pleasant. It's a pleasant surprise thing. So I am keeping it positive. Yeah. Is there anything yeah, no, you want to say about a kid that you're not? I uh... do, actually. Um, All right. Come I, on. Let's hear it. Let's yeah. hear it. I do. I like Seattle's. I'm going to miss the lime green, though. I like bright colors. I'm going to miss the lime green, but the white kit looks great. Um, yeah. So it's not, it's not, I'm, I'm, it's not a bad kit. It's actually a really nice kit. So is the blue one. I'm just, I'm just, I'm going to miss the lime green a little bit. My, my, can, one... can I guess what kit you want to talk about? Sure. Yes. Or what team you want to talk about? Yeah. Is it a certain team removing mountains from their kit? No, no. Utah's oh, awesome. all right. What Utah's kit looks awesome. Um, I all I right, wish, okay. All I, right. I was gonna say I, I did really like the mountains this year, but that's that's the same thing. I view that in the same way that I view, I guess, what we just talked about with the Seattle one. I really liked the kit last year. Um, I like the mountains and stuff. Um that utah had but it's like the striping pattern looks awesome too like it's still a great kit um the uh, the one that i wanted to and also utah shout out to utah for the best kit unveiling the 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 uh, the video with like i don't like i don't know the two red lights that kind of looked like lightsabers of some sort um and like an actual player kind of doing it the uh you know the audio of um, what the audio of Dan Powers call when they got eliminated from the playoffs last year, um, accompanied by Tom Hardy's Bane. Um, I was born in the darkness speech. It's amazing. Um, delightful. Utah won the kid announcement. Maybe not right. the best kit overall, but like we won the kid announcement. Okay, so what what's the team you want to talk about? Come on, let's get let's get to it. No more dilly dallying. LA. I want to talk about LA. All right. Okay. So I am going to pull it up right now because I want the visual reference. But so I actually don't mind LA's kit. I know some people kind of think it's boring, but I actually like the white one, the home one. I actually really like it. I think it works well. They added uh, a couple like stripes and stuff. They kind of got like a faux collar thing happening now, um, even to the extent that um, there's like the pink like button looks like button holes kind of um around the collar 
So uh, I dig the white one. My my only my I guess my my criticism of LA's kit really comes down to their I guess their own branding, but also the scope of the league as a whole. And it's like I think if you look at LA, I think you look at a lot of the branding. You look at the the videos on Instagram of the players showing up wearing like team hoodies that are pink or blue um you know hats that are pink and blue um a lot of gear that's obviously white pink and blue too because that's the home kit and i look at it and it's like pink pink and that shade of blue that bright blue but pink especially is a super underutilized color in pro sports there like literally there is no other pink professional sports team except for the rand in north america except for the couple random nights a year where the miami heat decide to rock the vice jerseys which also look really cool and my the point that i'm trying to get at is that la has one of the coolest and most unique color schemes not even in just an mlr but like in north american sports like nobody else, nobody else has these colors. And you go with an all black jersey. And I, I think my whole thing is it's like you have are you have potentially one of the coolest color schemes in the league. And like, and even that LA last year wore a bunch of different kits. One of them was pink, right? But it's like you go with all that and if you look at the, you go with, you have the, these two great colors that you can use. Go with the white kit. The white kit, keep the white kit. You want to wear the white kit at home. That's awesome. But I would love to see like the away kit be like pink or blue or something. Like use that color scheme a little bit more. Even if you took the away kit as it is right now and just inverse the colors, go with pink and then a black logo. Um, I think like that would look really cool. Cause I think if you look at the grand scheme, like, look at the conference that L.A. plays in, right? Six in the Western Conference right now, six of the seven teams have a black kit in the Western Conference. And the other, the exception is the Seattle Seawolves, and they are navy blue. Yeah. Right? Like, like the, the whole conference, for the most part, the whole conference is black or incorporates black into the color scheme. Right. So, and I'm just like, I just look at LA and be like, what? Like, I just wish they would stand out a little bit more. Like, you don't, you have the, you have a really cool color scheme. I would just like to see them utilize it a little bit more. I know they wore a pink jersey last year. Hopefully that kind of comes back again. I would love to see it come back. I don't remember if that was just for the, um, the breast cancer game or not, but I would love to see pink kind of be incorporated back in or i love to see pink or even that that bright blue incorporated into the away kit a little bit the away kit doesn't even have blue on it like it's like you have the uh you have the one of the best you have two of the best like one of the best color schemes like i would just love to see them lean into it a little bit more that being said I, i i do like the k but i think it would be a cool i think this to me the away kit for la should be like an alternate kit like you wear the black, you can wear the black kit on like for some sort of special event or something. 
but it's like i would just like to see them i would like to see them lean into the color scheme a little bit more i think the issue for me with the so black it's not really kit, a negative because i do like the kit but that's my criticism of it i think my issue with the black kit is that the logo now becomes the title sponsor and there's just an la for the logo and it's like but you're the guiltinis just keep the logos the same like i like obviously la is like the one team that doesn't need a title sponsor because uh adam gilchrist's money is pouring I mean, in they, the guiltini like i mean that's what it's supposed to be right isn't it at some point supposed to be like a drink brand or yeah, it'll be a, you know what, it'll but be a we're saying that after a rugby team. Yeah, but we're saying that though, when Austin has a sponsor on their jersey. Yeah, exactly. Right, That's so, what I mean. It's yeah, <clears throat> favoritism. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's it's interesting. I mean, the one thing though that I, I guess I'm I'm kind of with you though. Like, if um, in that sense, it's like the way they have the logo on the kit, it does probably obstruct like possible space to put a sponsor. If yeah. LA so desired to do that. Yeah. Um, that is actually um the one thing I do really like about this kit, this kit release compared to other years, is like most of the teams um have sponsors on them. Right, yeah, right away, like right right out of the gate. Most of the teams have sponsors on the kit. Um, the only one that really stood out was uh to me was uh Houston doesn't have a Viva on the front of their kit anymore. And I or maybe not anymore, but it's like they didn't have a Viva on the front of the kit. In the, as I, I don't know what their sponsorship situation is like at the moment, but they didn't have a Viva, an Aviva logo on the kit in the. Uh, on- All right, my, minor, minor details for now. But again, some great kits. Looking forward to seeing them in 2022. Now, um, Derek, you're wearing a rugby calendar hat. I'm wearing a toque with calendar on it. We're just going to quickly talk about rugby calendar because there's been a bit of news. Um, so the organization has announced that it has retained SRI Global Executive Search and Consulting to help them with a search for a new CEO of Rugby Canada. Alan Vanson is still set to have his final day on January 31st, and there will be an interim CEO with the new CEO being announced in the middle of the year. So around summertime, hopefully nothing's been set in date yet. But we should have that um, interim CEO in the next few weeks. Um, and now some disappointing news, obviously, because COVID-19 is still a thing, is that there have been um, news sources reporting that the 2022 Canada Sevens is to be postponed, which is unfortunate. It is originally scheduled to be taking part on the final weekend of February, which is the 26th to 27th at BC Play Stadium, but that will be postponed. But as well, it's not the only one that's going to be postponed. Um, the LA Sevens, which is next the following week on March 5th to 6th, that will also reportedly be postponed. And the Singapore Sevens are currently in question. Uh, the Hong Kong Sevens have essentially been cancelled for the current season, hoping that they can resume in November 2022. Uh, yeah, things are still up in the air at the moment, as we know that um, both New Zealand and Australia had to um, be removed from hosting duties in 2022 because of COVID restrictions. New Zealand has also announced that um, 
neither the men's sevens nor the black ferns will be taking part in the Spanish sevens, which are coming up this coming weekend in Malaga and then Seville. Um, so yeah, it's um, pretty disappointing to hear. Hopefully uh, these tournaments can be rescheduled before the f- final weekend in London, which is meant to be at the end of May 2022. Um, we should also point out that this is only for the men's tournament for the calendar seven. The women's tournament, which will be scheduled for the end of April in Langford, is remaining scheduled as planned for the time being. So hopefully at least that tournament can go ahead without any interruption. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that all news just came out like about an hour ago from Patrick Johnston of the uh, province. Um, I think like we said last week, though, like it's it's crazy to see how much of an impact this is still having and how many sporting events and travel restrictions still have to get canceled and stuff. And, um, you know, I don't know. Well, well he's hoping it, it can just be yeah. rescheduled, not canceled. Yeah, exactly. Way. Hopefully, hopefully it comes back at, at some point in the calendar. All right. All right. So we were talking about uh, Austin's kit earlier, but there's something else Austin have been doing, and that is the Inside the Scrum series. Mm-hmm. Um, episode four was released just before we started recording this podcast, so we haven't been able to watch the latest episode. But we no, have I, seen. I did. Stu didn't do his homework, so we'll talk about it next week. Oh, shush up. <laughs> um, episode three, um, we've had the chance to look over and say, uh, Derek, what did you make of it? Um, I loved it. I thought it was. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know if it was just like my mood or something, but like I don't. It felt like a. Uh, it felt like a big jump in quality from the first two episodes. I liked it a lot. Yeah. More. Um, it felt like yeah, like it's um, um, there, there was a whole there's a whole lot of just like interesting things I thought in this episode. Um, a couple things. It's like one, um, the not really a story element or whatever, but um. You know, this this show is obviously on Fox Sports to FS2 in the United States, right? And I think there was a, uh, from a cinematography point of view, I thought there was a really great shot in uh, in this episode. And it, it was during the uh, this, the part where they were um, talking about the, the game with Utah. And um, it was um, the Bailey Wilson interception try, right? And there's a shot of it, which kind of is from the coach's box and the co- it's the coaches watching the interception happen. Kind of like the, uh, the, the little bit of like the dejection or being upset about the guys throwing an interception and it kind of pans through the crowd into like down to like Bailey Wilson dotting down under the post. But it's like when it does that, like the way that it's shot and everything um, Utah's stadium looks like jam packed yeah. for the game, and it's like that's to me. I'm like that's exactly what you need on like you know national TV and stuff in the states. This is like when people are watching this show, they're seeing full crowds. Um, so I thought that was like just from a uh, a cinematography point of view, I guess. Especially, I mean, having the mountains and stuff in the background doesn't hurt either. But like, I saw that like it was a really nice shot. I'm like, oh, okay, like this is. It's awesome because it's like they're showcasing the fact that the way they did that kind of shot was like they're showcasing the fact that it's like, yeah, like the stadiums are full when um, yeah. like these games are happening, which I think is great. Um, content itself, I thought was a lot like I think the content itself took a big step up too, especially some of like the behind the scenes access. Uh, you know, it's nice to 
like i mean obviously i guess they're censoring it because it's on like normal like normal television or whatever but it's like yeah it's cool that they're just like you know they're censoring it but it's like you know what the coaches are saying and stuff um you know during like the halftime speeches and things i think it's um to me it's kind of fascinating um there's a couple other elements of it i thought it was interesting hearing um the like hearing the organization talking about sam harris at the start when he was doing the radio hit um you know talking yeah. about how hard it's been to market during covid and stuff i thought was an interesting yeah. one because it's like the like players can't go to players can't go out to schools or do a lot of public appearances that you would maybe otherwise want them to be doing um in the event that you're trying to market a new uh, a team in a new league um also kind of interesting too because they brought up adam gilchrist and i think it's hilarious that the players seem to barely know who he is um yeah or whatever they're yeah, like that's... yeah i think i had a zoom call with him one time or whatever and, and even in the show like all you see of him is like his like i don't know if it was like stock his... photos from yeah the when stock he was photos and like stock exchange that one time mark Wahlberg convinced him to like go out in public uh, at the stock exchange that one time um so i, th- I think that's I, I i think that's kind of interesting how it's like they're weirdly like without even showing Gilchrist, they're kind of weirdly building him up as like some sort of, I don't know, behind the shadows kind of character or whatever. Not and they even the indicated like, I can't remember if it's four now that I've watched four, but it's like at some point they like indicate that he was upset about a loss or something, um, which I thought was kind of interesting too. Um, I think, I think too, you have to see, uh, we have to see Mo, uh, Mo Abdelmanum, um reacting to his um, knee injury that held him to only five games um, yeah. last year. Um, but, uh, you know, and even um, like, I, I think it's kind of interesting how, like, from episode three, I won't spoil too much for you, but it, going into episode four, too, it's like the, the fact that Austin can't score is becoming a really big deal on the show. Yeah, or whatever, which I think is a very interesting kind of like story point to kind of be going at here. Yeah, good. So, this is the thing is like I mentioned last week, there were um issues with like the storytelling of how episode one was talking about um the first few games of the season, then episode two went back to like pre season and previous seasons and then continued on. And then in episode three, it's like we're continuing the story, and then we're going back to preseason by bringing up Adam Gilchrist again. Um, I don't really. So th- I, I think didn't like, get that vibe from it. I thought they were just kind of talking about him. Like I know, but it just it just felt strange to me to just bring oh, it just back to Adam Gilchrist and like it? yeah. So like the pacing felt a bit off again, but and I think that'll probably be like just my opinion of it. I think it's. You know, maybe they've seen Drive to Survive and gone like, well, th- this show takes it from follows sports stars around and goes from this to this with no sequential order. So we can do it as well. Or maybe they are just like slowly drip feeding us Adam Gilchrist until he makes his big appearance in episode six mm. and actually has like a sit down interview. A, a man can dream is all I'm saying. But <laughs> uh, you're, just, you're just hating on the show for no reason, man. I love it. Need, well, that's everything needs for, uh, valid criticism to help it improve for like next season <laughs> as well. Yeah, and, it's, uh, I, I think 
Yeah, I think it's been interesting too. I like it's. Uh, it seems like there's a little bit more of the uh, behind, like the access of like the stuff that you don't get to see. Like I love anything that'll show me like coaches like halftime speeches, especially yeah. when teams aren't playing well because those are the best ones. But- what what I like is showing like when the guys go on um, off season or not, not off season um, bi week trips. Yeah, and then you see like different people doing, and obviously you get to spend more times with um, their family. And um, I think it was Isaac Ross was talking about that he was spending more time with his kids, so that his wife could get time away to just decompress and relax. And it's it's always great to show these athletes as people. And then it just becomes like more relatable because I'm sure so many of us would like just time off to decompress or be able to jump in the swimming pool with your kids when you have like time off and just have a bit of fun. But just, you know, sharing Mm -hmm. like time with family is something that everyone can relate to. I said last week about, I don't know who the target audience for this show is, but I feel like as the episodes are going on, it's focusing more on who's getting the most out of this, so to speak. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm looking forward to watching uh, episode four after this podcast, and uh, we'll be able to talk about it uh, next week. We've got some other MLR news now. There's a bit of signings going on. The big trade, again, involving LA. Uh, This time it's New York, not Toronto. Um, L- New York have traded Hanko Gurmishes um, to LA. It's not entirely clear what New York have received in this trade, but you know, ha- getting Hanko to LA is obviously a big win for the Guillotinis. Yeah, I mean that's um, I do like Hanko's obviously a really big player in this league. Like he's a big name. Obviously, it's going to contribute to LA in a big way. Um, but it's like he's he's an eagle. He's probably one of the the more well known players in the league too. And it's like I think I think it's something that's like the league does have to get better at in some ways, especially since we saw earlier this season like a previous trade that LA made right with the Toronto Arrows. It's like we got all the details of what the trade was right in the initial press release. Right, we got the you know what I mean? We got the James O'Neill. We got the pick a little bit of cash. Um, we got, we got every detail of that trade right away. Right. And it's like, I feel like Hanko is like, I mean, maybe some people like, maybe you can let it slip when it's like not that big of a player, but it's like, I feel like Hanko was too big of a name to just kind of be like, we acquired Hanko Hermesize from New York in a trade. Um, and then I know, Stu, I know you're going to, when we get down this list here, you're going to bring up the fact that a player from LA is, has now signed with New York. Um, and it's like, maybe you go put two and two together, but it's also like, maybe that's just a coincidence. Maybe yeah, the word, I mean? it's the wording on these press releases, which, uh, yeah, it's like, maybe that's a coincidence. Maybe it's, doesn't help. maybe it's not, I have no idea, but it, yeah, like you said, it's like, it's unclear as to what the trade actually is. And I know like if I'm a, a New York fan, um, like, and I saw that it's like, you know, one of our star players just got traded. Like, I want to know what, what we got back. 
right? Because I want to know, I would want to know what we got back. And I think, I think that's something that the league sometimes needs to work on. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of which, that um, player that's joining New York from LA is Pago Heine. But uh, we've also joining uh, New York, replacing uh, Hanko essentially, is Brendan O'Connor, who's joining from Hawks Bay. Uh, Matt Mould has joined San Diego from Worcester Warriors, and Joe Walsh is also joining him there at San Diego. Weiner Grassman has signed with Houston. Uh, Will Tucker has joined New York from Otago. And Rugby ATL have re-signed Damon Torres and Will Burke as well. Now, in Canadian news, um, we have Josh Thiel has re-signed in San Diego. And joining him is another Canadian uh, from Toronto is Pat Lynott. So Pat's made his way from uh, the cold east to the uh, temperate west of San Diego. Yeah, wishing him all the well before today. <laughs> <laughs> well, preseason has already begun. He'd be uh, oh yeah, pretty bad I guess he'd be a little later. Yeah. Um, and we have Reed Watkins uh, joining Seattle from technically ATL four hundred four, although he did uh, sign for Toronto at the end of last season. He didn't play. Mm-hmm. But he's technically a Toronto player, so he's one of us. So we'll take credit for all his uh, training up until this point. Um, <laughs> well, Reed Watkins, from, uh, got, I gather from the press release, has um, been a wrestler as well as a rugby player. So if there's one guy who knows how to bring another player to the ground, it's going to be Reed Watkins. And let's just say if handbags do occur, you better hope that Watkins isn't uh, the guy you're... Uh, why? Ticking off on the other side. Wrestlers can't throw punches. They just hit, hit. They're yeah. not good at that. They may not be good at that, but if you trip and end up on the ground, then he's going to make you remember it for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's. You said handbags, though. That's 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 punching. Any anything. Can uh, you happen. know what? I'm yeah. saying this. Reed Watkins could totally like beat me up. So I'm. I have no idea why I'm saying this. I have no yeah, idea why man, I'm man, questioning this man's fighting ability on on the internet and. Yeah, keep keep your words podcast. short and sweet before they get fed back yeah. to you. Yeah, as I say, I'm I'm um, sorry, Reed. Reed is going to be the best scrum half in Major League Rugby in uh, 2022. There we go. To excellent. make up for, please don't hurt me. But um, yeah, so it's like Reed Watkins obviously going to Seattle. Uh, looks like it might be a decent situation there. I think the uh, JP Smith is the current uh, um, the current scrum half there, and. Uh, you know, so it's uh might be some opportunity for him to like come off the bench, um, which uh you know obviously you know hopefully will uh, benefit his game. Plus, I mean he's a BC kid, right? So he's uh you know a little bit closer to home, um geographically, anyways. Um, yeah. which I mean you know I'm sure is nice for some of the BC guys that have played for Seattle over the years, um, because Seattle always seems to go to the uh, the well of the uh, the beautiful province just north of them. So, um. Yeah. Uh, Pat San Diego obviously uh, signs up a couple of Canadians. Lots of Canadians going to California when you uh, kind of combine these two squads here. Um, They're going for the sun. Yeah, exactly. California is hidden, hidden behind. It's hidden behind twenty inches of snow over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Cal- California is the new Seattle, apparently, um, the prime destination for uh, Canadians here. So it's uh, obviously Josh Thiel. Um, he played one game last year and then got hurt, um, which is unfortunate. So he basically missed 
I mean, he, he missed the entire year. Like that's yeah. the way to say it. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully that knee's all healed up healthy. i um, excited to see him back. Um, uh, San Diego. I mean, he can play, he's a kind of a center fullback, um, type guy, but, uh, no, San Diego's got, uh, got some centers, um, in, the, in that squad with, uh, Tian Lutz, Ma Nanu, Thomas Moriani. Um, so it's, uh, it's quite the, uh, quite the competition he's got there, um, for game time, which is all, which, you know, is always a good thing, right? Cause it's like, that makes you better. Um, hopefully, you know, having Nanu teach you how to play center is probably, uh, probably a really nice treat to have um yeah the player got, player who, who coached you on your rugby journey? oh just some uh yeah. kiwi guy been to a few world cups all that yeah, the, arguably the best center of all time um and then you got uh, yeah. pat lineot uh moving over from uh from toronto um so yeah like i uh, i mean it's uh what well, you know they uh, san diego added uh joe walsh you know a prop out of uh from southland stags um, this week as well. So we can go back to the arrows connection. I think that's Morgan Mitchell's team um, from the, uh, the miter 10 cup. Um, so they, uh, they got Walsh and then they, they still got um, Nathan Sylvia there. Um, Piffaletti, I don't think has been announced as being signed yet, but there is an America's rugby news article that seems to indicate that he might be expected to come back. Um, that's the, the article talking about um walsh's signing um so you know it's uh the loose head props um at, at san diego is pretty deep um so that'll you know again hopefully uh you know i mean hopefully a great chance for Lynott to uh to learn and uh to kind of grow as grow as a player and uh you know it's going to be some tough it's going to be some tough competition for uh for playing time but hopefully he's uh he's up to the uh up to the challenge all right, we're going to be ending the podcast there, but we've got some news on where you can watch rugby this weekend. Again, it's another weekend of Champions and Challenge Cup, which means you're going to have to break out the wallet for this one because it's on epcrugby.tv. 20 euros for the entire weekend. Be honest, have you watched one of these games through this yet? You can also watch... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Japan League one for a much more reasonable price of free on the rugby network. This is only available to North American viewers. And this week we've got some MLR games. However, these are pre-season games. Nothing has been announced through the rugby network at the time of recording, as well as any of the team's social media channels of if they're going to be broadcasting these games. Hopefully they do. Here's hoping they keep at least a uh, Twitter feed of what will be going on during those games. And this is the time that every team wants to lose, you know, give a false uh, <laughs> sense of false sense of security and then just smash them. So on Friday, which is January 21st, we have San Diego versus Austin, as well as DC versus Toronto. And then we have three games on Saturday, the 22nd. And it's a bit of an interesting one because we have Houston versus Dallas and then NOLA versus Houston. So this seems to be a case of split squad. So one squad will be staying at home to face Dallas, whilst the other will be off to Louisiana to face NOLA. Um, as we've mentioned, no, there's been no announcement of squads or any other details um, for these games. But it's going to be interesting to see uh, 
who's going to be in yellow and who's going to be in black for these games. And then, as we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, Seattle will be playing Seattle on uh, Saturday as well. So, you know, just turn up in uh, blue and green, and I'm sure you'll be happy no matter what. Do you want to go with a, uh, a trial run of uh, the predictions? Uh, should I or the Toonie? Shall the Toonie? Make oh, that back. Yeah, let's uh you know what? Let, let's just give the uh, let's Let, give the Toonie a warm up. Let's dude. give the Toonie okay. Let's All right. warm. San Diego, so, Austin. Okay, so for those who haven't uh, been watching, I've been uh, keeping up to date. Remember the Toonie decides heads for home, tails for away. So we have San Diego versus Austin, and the Toonie says it's going the way of the Legion. Okay, next up, we have DC versus Toronto. And that match will go to Old Glory. Oh, see, the Toonie's broken. That's why we have to do We have to do Toonie preseason. It's not warmed up yet. Yeah, that, that's, why, that's why we're doing yeah. Toonie preseason. Yeah, exactly. so it's not just... warmed up yet. Yeah. Okay, Houston versus Dallas. Says that it is going to go to Houston. Yeah, see, it's not. It's broken. It's not. It's not. It's not warmed up. Uh, okay. Well, now we've got Nola versus Houston as well. Let's see how that turns out. Looks like it's going to be a good day for Houston because Tony's uh, <laughs> saying that going to win both games. Yes. And now Seattle versus Seattle. Who's going to win this game? The Tony says it's going to be Seattle. What a well. Who would have thought that? I think Seattle's going to win personally, but. To be honest, if Seattle can beat Seattle, that's going to be an amazing result. All right, we're going to end the podcast there. Thank you so much for joining us. If you like listening to this podcast, you can listen to our previous episodes on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, if you like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch previous episodes on YouTube. And we're also available on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Now, if you're watching this, you can already see our handles down here of where to find us on social media. But Derek, if people are listening, where can they find you? Uh, I'm at Brissette the Jet um, across basically every social media platform that you can think of. Um, I also wanted to add to that, um, as means to kind of alluded to, we're recording this on Monday night. Um, it's kind of our thing now as we head into the 2022 season. Um, so I kind of just want to put this out into the, into the world. So, uh, I'm held accountable by something, um, which is basically the game plan is to record on Monday night, which should allow the episode to come out on Wednesday morning, um, every week as the, uh, 2022 MLR season, uh, progresses. So, uh, I just kind of want to put that out there for my own personal I just want to hold myself accountable. And I feel like if other people know that I'm supposed to do this thing and get it out every Wednesday, then it'll actually come out every Wednesday. Cause uh, I already failed at that last week. Didn't work out too well. Um, but uh, we'll try it. We'll try it for every Wednesday. Now still where can the fine people find you? Well, they can find me on Twitter and Instagram. My handle is hardman spelled H four R D M A N. And if you're part of the press team for any MLR team, and you have big news coming out on uh, Tuesdays and Wednesdays that you'd like us to talk about so that it's actually relevant by the time our episodes come out, then you can email us at Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode, and we look forward to seeing you and joining us again in the next one. <laughs>